welcome to Arbitral Insights, a podcast series brought to you by our international arbitration practice lawyers here at Reed Smith. I'm Peter Rocha, Global Head of Reed Smith's International Arbitration Practice. I hope you enjoy the industry commentary, insights and anecdotes we share with you in the course of this series, wherever in the world you are. If you have any questions about any of the topics discussed, please do contact our speakers. Welcome to our Greener Arbitrations podcast mini-series, a platform where Reed Smith's international arbitration lawyers will be exploring the legal and technical issues involved in reducing the environmental footprint of arbitrations. I am Alison Eslick, an international arbitration lawyer at Reed Smith's Dubai office. And I am Vanessa Chiffry, an international arbitration lawyer at Reed Smith's Paris office. In these episodes, we will hear from leading arbitration practitioners and external speakers and discuss insights, news, and trends relevant to greening arbitration and the challenges that are entailed. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to another exciting episode of Arbitral Insights, a Reed Smith's podcast channel. I am Vanessa Tiffry, a senior associate in Reed Smith's Paris office, and with Alison Eslick, a senior associate in the Dubai office, we are happy to host another episode of our Greener Arbitrations miniseries. In 2022, Reed Smith launched an initiative to reduce the environmental footprint of our arbitrations. We quickly identified the need to raise awareness, both internally and externally, and organizing a podcast miniseries on greener arbitrations appeared as an obvious tool to do that. Thanks, Vanessa. So this is the second episode of six in our 2023 Green Arbitration series, where lawyers of Reed Smith will debate how to reduce the environmental footprint of arbitrations. Our first episode focused on arbitration agreements and whether they should include sustainability measures. And in this episode, we will focus on procedural orders and more precisely, the Campaign for Greener Arbitration's Model Green Procedural Order. So, for those of you who are not familiar with it, the Campaign for Greener Arbitrations is an initiative set up in 2019 actively promoting the reduction of the environmental impact of arbitration. In this context, they have established a model green procedural order, which contains a number of sustainability measures which can be either adopted as such or in part. So in this episode, our lawyers will debate whether the model procedural order is unavoidable, with one lawyer arguing in the affirmative and the other in the negative. Just a short disclaimer here. Please note that for the purposes of this podcast, our debaters have been assigned the positions that they are advocating. This is because we felt that topics would be better explored if one team advocated fully their position for or against the proposition. The debaters are thus role-playing, and none of the views expressed during the debates should be attributed to any of the individuals participating in the debates, or Reed Smith, or any of its clients. Well, now that we've got the disclaimer out of the way, um, let's start with short opening statements on the benefits and drawbacks of the draft model procedural order. And then our debaters will make arguments and counter-arguments in relation to three points. So first, the scope and practicality of the model procedural order. Second, its impact, if any, on the arbitration in terms of efficiency and costs. And third, its impact, if any, on the quality and integrity of the arbitration. Our first speaker is Antonia Burt. 
Antonia is a partner in the Global Commercial Disputes Group based here in Dubai, where I am, and she advises on the full cycle of complex commercial and construction disputes. Now, she's also the co-chair of the Campaign for Greener Arbitration's MENA Regional Committee. Antonia will advocate in the affirmative, that is, yes, the Campaign for Greener Arbitration's Green Model Procedural Order is unavoidable. So over to you, Antonia. Thank you very much, Alison and Vanessa, for having me on this podcast. And yes, today I will be arguing in favor of the model procedural order for green arbitrations. And in fact, um, I'll go a little further and I will argue that the entire order should be adopted in full uh, and not just partially as is becoming uh, more commonplace. Uh, and to begin with, I will not speak to you about the obvious environmental advantages of conducting arbitrations in a greener manner. Adopting the model order has other significant advantages uh, on which I will focus for the next uh, minute or two. And first, the model order encourages digital communications and paperless operations, which uh, not only preserves forests and cuts down on energy costs, but importantly, allows us to work more efficiently and effectively. I'm a strong believer that technology for communication and submissions allows us lawyers to adopt modern solutions which reduce the time spent on these parts of work, thus freeing up more time to focus on strategic aspects of our arbitrations. The second aspect of the model order is its a push for remote hearings and remote meetings. We live in a digital age where technological advancements such as uh, video conferencing and digital case management platforms make it possible to conduct arbitrations from really anywhere uh, around the world. And this not only reduces carbon emissions, but significantly reduces costs to arbitration users, to our clients. And that's an absolutely key aspect of the model order as well. And third, the model order champions alternative options. Whenever environmentally friendly options such as uh, uh, remote hearings are not available, so it gives arbitration users and lawyers further food for thought in terms of what can be adopted to reduce the environmental impact, even when uh, the best option is not available. And therefore, it gives impetus to each one of us to get in line with global sustainability goals and ESG requirements that are becoming more and more prevalent. And as such, in conclusion, the model procedural order, if adopted in full, isn't merely about going green. It's really about transforming arbitration into a more responsible, more efficient, forward-looking field. And in our collective fight against climate change, it's now high time we recognize the significant role that the legal sector, especially the arbitration sector, can play and must play. And as such, the green arbitration procedural mode order is, uh, is really a necessity uh, for our future. Thank you, Antonia. This is very instructive. The, the, the green model procedural order has undeniable benefits and uh, not only is not only good for the environment, but also for efficiency and costs. So it's truly uh, a transformation is what I hear from your argument, which is great. But let's see what our second debater, Daniela Villa, has to offer as counter arguments.
Daniel is a senior associate in our Houston office, specialized in international arbitration, complex commercial litigation, and transnational investment law. He is a part of our global commercial disputes group and of our Latin American business team. So, Danny, what's your take on the Green Model procedural order? Uh, thank you so much, uh, Allison and Vanessa, for uh, including me in this debate. And I think one thing to get off the floor from the outset is that we are not arguing on our side that the greener arbitrations um, program or initiative should not be implemented. It's simply that this model procedural order, a one-size-fits-all, should not be forced on every litigation. Arbitration, as we all know, is a creature of consent and party autonomy. The more party autonomy, the more, I guess, tailored to the specific dispute at hand. The more we force one-size-fits-all procedural orders in arbitrations, the more we lose control of the arbitration and default into more domestic-style litigation and overly intrusive uh, procedural rules. Having an ad hoc procedural order that covers the main concerns that addresses the needs of the case and that are more appropriate, and this will be more comprehensive and tailored to the arbitration at hand. As we will note as this debate continues, it also raises issues of security. Adding more personal notes, more confidential and privileged information on digital platforms rather than having it in your secure notebooks has a bigger opportunity for hackers to access the information and just creates more risks for security and, and breaching privilege. I think the third main point that I think we will cover today is, is assessing the credibility of a witness. U.S. style litigation and now more common in international arbitration demands in-person evidentiary hearings. I think people are now zoomed out, as some say, and to really assess the credibility of a witness, you have to be in the room, or it's at least it's usually better to be in the room where it's live, where it's not uh, burdened by computers or technology, where you can really assess if this witness is telling the truth or not. Well, this goes not only in the preparation of the witness, where you can be able to do this in person, but now also in the, especially and more importantly, in the evidentiary hearing. So forcing or more and more hearings virtually is, is going to impede that ability of a tribunal to really assess the credibility of each witness. And again, I think we are all zoomed out when it comes to the important issues of an arbitration. So I think those are the main points that I think we'll cover today. Thank you, Danny. I mean, we heard Antonia say that the measures in the model order are really a necessity for our future. But, you know, you raised some good points there, fair points, that as with any other model document, there are some concerns and drawbacks, including the risk of losing some of arbitration's greatest features, its flexibility and adaptability. So, thank you both for your opening statements. Let's turn now to our specific themes, starting with the scope and practicality of the Green Model Procedural Order. Antonia, the floor is yours. Thanks very much, Alison. And, and really, it goes without saying that the environmental impact of uh, conventional arbitration contributes so significantly to the carbon footprint that the model order becomes uh, a necessity. If you haven't seen the studies, do have a look, because it has been shown that even a medium-sized arbitration 
requires just under 20,000 trees to be planted to offset emissions from that one arbitration alone. And therefore, the model order proposes various tactics for a more sustainable path. Options that are available nowadays, such as digital communications, paperless operations, leveraging technology to mitigate paper waste, encouraging remote hearings, encouraging remote meetings, importantly, encouraging digital case management platforms and all the advantages that come with it. As I mentioned already, where in-person meetings or hearings cannot be avoided, the model also advocates for sustainable alternatives. There are significant advantages to these methods, which we will consider in a moment. But with respect to scope and practicality, it's important to to note that this is not just a debate about procedural practices and arbitration. Uh, It is uh, also, importantly, about our collective responsibility to the planet. The model order offers realistic and achievable uh, blueprint which reduces the environmental impact, offering various procedural tactics that uh, have its advantages and disadvantages, but overall uh, that are absolutely necessary to be adopted in light uh, of the studies that have shown the impact uh, of our industry. And we must therefore heed the call and recognize that we have a crucial role to play in mitigating climate change uh, as part of the arbitration community. And that's all I wanted to say on scope and practicality, but we will come back in a moment to other uh, big advantages of the model order. Put like this, it seems undeniable that adopting the campaign's green model procedural order is a collective responsibility and a necessity, especially since we, as we all know, compensating by planting 20,000 trees does not compensate for the harm actually done. But let's hear Danny's counter arguments on the topic. So uh, I think one thing to first highlight and, and start off with is that page one of the model procedural itself states that tribunals are invited to adopt its entirety or component parts in conduct of proceedings. Thus, I mean, the procedure order itself even encourages not using the whole procedure order, but whatever seems more appropriate in the uh, specific case. And I don't know about some of my colleagues, but myself, I think I'm a bit old school when it comes to having to write uh, notes. And and I think, you know, as lawyers in this 2023, we're, our eyes are now very sensitive to digital devices. We spend hours and days on end staring at our computers. And then when we're off our computers, our phones. And I think more and more digital is just very, very draining on our eyes. And you start seeing little details that are very important. And I'm not saying that counsel... Uh, shouldn't present their slides in digital form. Of course, I think that's that's great. But if you've ever been in a live hearing, trying to take notes on those slides online, you have to go into the browser, press edit, and by the time you're you're finally able to type on the notes, now counsel's on the next slide and the next slide. You know, so having these slides in front of you, being able to write on them, take notes is gonna be more effective later when you have 
you know, rebuttal and you have uh, closing arguments. And I think that for document production, the procedural order envisions only digital. But when there's a case regarding forgery or some sort of just authenticity issues, you want to have the original document. You want to be able to look at the original document, do a forensic analysis. And the more and more we move to digital, the less likely we're able to get this forensic analysis. And and it also leads to even more risk of fraud and of uh, manipulation of documents. And I think finally, what I kind of uh, foreshadowed in the opening statement is is the hot seat for uh, the evidentiary hearing. Uh, I think during the pandemic, it seemed very appropriate when we were trying to isolate and guard ourselves from the pandemic and the virus. But now that that most people are vaccinated and then this virus is kind of on the back and we don't really hear about it as much, you know, now I think it's now in time to get back to being able to interrogate and cross-examine uh, witnesses in person, put them on the hot seat so we can really see what happened in these cases. So having making that digital really prevents that. And so those are my main points on the practicality of it. Danny, thanks for that. I think a lot of what you said has uh, it certainly resonated with me and I'm sure um, people listening, it will resonate with them. Um, like you, I'm a little bit old school as well. You know, I like to take notes, but I do wonder whether a solution could be, um, you know, just increasing my IT skills to get a bit better at um, adapting to the new technology that's out there. Anyway, let's see, because now it's over to Antonio for our second theme, the impact of the green model procedural order on efficiency and costs. Indeed, efficiency and cost is one of the key reasons for the model procedural order. Uh, and yes, the model procedural order does offer the possibility to be adopted in part, but where each of its uh, subsections presents an opportunity to enhance efficiency and cost effectiveness, uh, I do believe it is uh, critical to incorporate the entire uh, order in full, really in our quest for improved justice delivery. Uh, and let me let me address some of the points as to why. By moving away from physical document exchanges and physical meetings and hearings, we can speed up the arbitral process. And that, of course, avoids administrative time and cost, reduces risk of document loss or damage, etc. There are a multitude of advantages which allow parties to resolve their disputes faster and therefore improve justice delivery. And in a world where technology has bridged distances, there really is little justification for expenses and time associated uh, with a hard copy documents or, or international travel. That's absolutely important to bear in mind. And while some individuals may be more used to uh, the old school ways, uh, as Alison, I think you've suggested, uh, maybe um, some minor ad adaptation to the new technologies would uh, assist uh, moving, moving to these various um, options to reduce the carbon impact uh, of uh, arbitrations. And this, of course, not only makes the process more efficient, uh, but cuts down on costs for printing, costs for packaging, shipping, traveling. These are all very significant costs. And again, by reducing the costs, 
the improved justice delivery for the clients. And the benefits don't stop at the monetary level. The model order allows arbitrators to manage their time more efficiently by enhancing their availability and therefore also enhancing the overall productivity of the arbitration process. Again, that is another point that goes to justice delivery. And for the parties involved, the reduced costs could make arbitration a more accessible means of dispute resolution. Again, another reason that, in my view, promotes access to justice overall. So in light of all of these aspects, uh, it is really the entire model order that allows this leap towards a more efficient, more cost-effective, and really more inclusive arbitration process uh, for which I am advocating. That's all I wanted to say on efficiency and cost. Well, this resonates even more that, well, it's true that we are constantly in a desperate search of how to reduce time and costs in international arbitration. And that has been uh, a constant search for institutions, users, arbitrators, counsel, everyone. So this is a compelling argument, uh, especially in a world where everyone is working remotely. However, in my practice, I realized that there are still some documents to which I refer to every day that I do like to have in paper, in hard copies. So maybe, Danny, you will be able to further elaborate on that. So, yes, I think uh, I had to repeat myself in the last section. But yes, you're right. I mean, having hard copies sometimes just be, you're able to pay attention to more detail. It's right in front of you. And again, your eyes aren't just kind of deceiving you from having to look at a screen for so long. Uh, I think another big point in efficiency and cost is having to, I guess, force parties to use specific toners, specific inks, specific venues. Starting with the first, the, the model order requires environmental friendly toner and ink, which can significantly increase cost. Having to find, okay, where is this specific toner? Where is this ink? And as I'm sure many of us on the call have been, when you're in a crunch, the eve of closing arguments, and you're scrambling around the office trying to find ink because your printer just finished, uh, just ran out or it ran out of toner, what's going to happen if you don't have this specific environmentally friendly ink? Are you, are you, are you just not able to print this out? Are you going to be disqualified? How I guess enforcement-wise, is this is this uh, arbitral award now going to be annullable because you used the wrong ink? So these are kind of, I think, the unpractical and, and very inefficient and costly issues that we're going to have to deal with. Uh, another big point is the venue. Having the procedural order requires a greener approved venue that, that is able to accommodate green use of, of these products. And Again, that's going to start limiting the amount of venues that you can hold the arbitration uh, evidentiary hearing. So now you're complicated trying to logistically find this hearing and where a lot of different venues might not even know what this is. And now, since they're not approved, you can't use it. So again, this further complicates uh, and this can all be remedied by negotiation of an ad hoc protocol that again touches all these issues we're not saying that the green arbitration 
uh, campaign is not good. It's amazing. It's a great achievement and a great purpose that we should all thrive for, but we should work together to make a perfect tailored one for the arbitration at hand. And those are all my comments on that. Well, Danny, I mean, you had me at environmentally friendly toner and ink. <laughs> That's a very practical point there that you raise. Um, I would really hate to see an arbitration award annulled for a party uh, breaching the order around environmentally friendly toner and ink. Although I'm not really sure that 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 is what would happen. But, you know, you raised some really good points there um, about the practicality of all this. I think we're going to have to move on uh, to our third and last topic, which is the impact of the green model um, order on the quality and integrity of the proceedings. Antonia. There's a lot more to say on these issues, but let me uh, focus on your question um, under the third topic, the quality and integrity of the arbitration proceeding. The shift to digital communications, in my view, embraces the advantages of modern technology, which therefore aids the integrity of the arbitration process. We heard earlier how we get tired looking at screens, uh, etc. And there's certainly some truth to that. However, it's also very true that hard copy uh, arbitration lend themselves to crucial details being overlooked or lost in heaps of physical paperwork. That's simply doesn't happen with the systematic digital organization uh, of documents that can contribute, in my view, to foreignness and precision of the process and therefore uh, the integrity of the proceedings. Similarly, the model order preserves the principles of confidentiality and allows for cybersecurity measures to be adopted because the uh, arbitration under the model order is being conducted wholly or largely digitally. In secure digital platforms, confidentiality can be much better managed than with physical documents that can be misplaced or accidentally disclosed. And of course, implementation of remote hearings um, has so many different advantages. Uh, I wanted to mention one here that goes to both quality and integrity of the arbitration process, and that's diverse panels of arbitrators and diverse expert witnesses from around the globe that can now be joining the arbitration table without any geographic limitations. And that, of course, enhances the quality of deliberations and, of course, thereby the decisions of tribunals. And these are all absolutely key uh, aspects that can be best served by adopting the model order in full and uh, allowing for certain uh, situations whereby alternatives may be used. So we heard earlier that the uh, requirements relating to venues or ink to be used may be prescriptive, and that is certainly a very good point. Uh, of course, the model order aims at uh, running arbitrations largely digitally, and only in exceptional circumstances is some printing or traveling permissible when considered appropriate. And in those situations, yes, the model order provides these uh, alternative options that uh, provide a sort of more environmentally friendly option than the existing one. Uh, so that's, that's how those kind of options should be seen. But uh, overall, the model order's drive for sustainability really aligns with both global socio-ethical standards, uh, but also enhances the reputation of the arbitration process overall. And that in my view, will bring 
confidence into the arbitration process uh, as parties recognize the uh, commitment to not only resolving their disputes, but in fact doing that in a way that is, has wider societal and environmental impacts. That concludes you know, my submissions on this uh, final issue. Very interesting. Thank you, Antonio. Danny, what is your Perfect. answer to this? Thank you. And this is actually a very direct and very important point. And that is that having more digital platforms and more digital storage is just increasing, increasing, increasing the security risk of people hacking into your witness interviews where you're maybe providing uh, privileged communications, advice. Maybe you are going over cross-examinations. Uh, maybe you're going over uh, trial strategy. Now you have opened your up, yourself up to very intelligent and sophisticated hackers that can now have eyes everywhere you go, every time you work on your case. The second is, is a work product. Now we're exposed to people being able to access our work product, being able to access all these kind of different privileged communications. And what does that mean? Now costs go up for IT defense, because now we want to combat this and make sure we're very protected and make sure we are very unhackable and we have a firewall that doesn't allow anyone to come through. So now that goes back to the previous point of increasing costs for IT. So all this goes in, goes back to um, that this increases costs, increases um, risks of hacking and, and increases the risk of privileged and sensitive communications being released to uh, people that it should be in the hands of. Thank you so much, Danny. Uh, yes, hacking is a real issue for the legal industry, although I do wonder whether, you know, that risk is there anyway, whether or not um, um, we go green in our arbitrations. So, Look, I think our time is up for this episode and I'd like to give a warm thanks to Antonia and Danny for their dedication and time in preparing this podcast and for being such great sports. Stay tuned for episode three of our, our Greener Arbitrations miniseries, which will focus on submissions with our debaters answering the question, are hard copy submissions a thing of the past? And until then, thank you for listening to our Arbitral Insights Greener Arbitrations podcast series. Arbitral Insights is a Reed Smith production. Our producer is Ali McArdle. For more information about Reed Smith's global international arbitration practice, email arbitralinsights at reedsmith.com. To learn about the Reed Smith Arbitration Pricing Calculator, a first-of-its-kind mobile app that forecasts the cost of arbitration around the world, search Arbitration Pricing Calculator on reedsmith.com or download for free through the Apple and Google Play app stores. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, reedsmith.com, and our social media accounts at LLP on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. This podcast is provided for educational purposes. It does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship, nor is it intended to suggest or establish standards of care applicable to particular lawyers in any given situation. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. Any views, opinions, or comments made by any external guest speaker are not to be attributed to Reed Smith LLP or its individual lawyers. All rights reserved.